Hello and a big welcome to the Elevate Her podcast. My name is Selena. And I'm Maika. And we're here to discuss common barriers women face in our society. And provide you with top tips and information from high achieving women from all kinds of fields to empower and inspire you to achieve your full potential and elevate your life. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Elevator podcast. Today we're joined by the inspiring Laura Zelenka, who is a freelance portrait artist from Germany, living in Rotterdam. Laura's work as a photographer is known for its clear visual language, the power of telling stories and showing raw and honest emotion. Laura regularly gives talks about photography and the healing power of self-portraiture. She also teaches workshops and courses about conceptualizing, creativity, and identifying locations in every surrounding. Laura is especially passionate about working on concepts and series exploring and addressing important global issues and social taboo topics, and has worked with a wide range of clients, such as Disney, Facebook, Lufthansa, or Mercedes. In today's episode, we discuss Laura's journey in finding her true passion, and the challenges she has faced so far, as well as the importance of speaking up and how photography has helped her develop into the woman she is now. So let's dive in. So, hi, Laura. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. <laughs> If you could just introduce yourself a little and tell our listeners about who you are, where you're from, how you get to where you're now. So originally, I'm from Germany, like a smaller city. And then, well, I guess one interesting point is probably when I got interested in photography, which was like around the last year of school. So I think like something like 17, 18. And then after having my A-levels done, I applied for photography schools, three photography schools, actually. And looking back, my portfolio definitely wasn't that good. So maybe it wasn't the biggest surprise that none of them accepted me. Mm-hmm. But at that point in time, I was devastated. But everyone around me said, you cannot wait another year to wait for the next time you can apply for them. Mm-hmm. You need to do something. And everyone thought, as I had quite some technical understanding, was good at drawing and had a second love for architecture. Everyone thought it was a good idea that I study architecture. So I applied for three architectural schools with a very, very quickly collected portfolio. And all three of them accepted me immediately. So I don't know what like destiny wanted to teach me there as a lesson. I don't understand until today, but apparently if you don't want something so much, it's way easier to get in. Yeah. And then I, I studied like the extended bachelor in architecture. And well, it's a pretty intense studies. People don't really think architecture is, but it's like insanely time consuming you basically don't have a life anymore and I think that's fine if you really have a big big passion for it but for me it was more like four years of thinking I would like to be a photographer so the day I had that certificate in my hand I was like okay and from today I'm gonna do something that I actually want to do and it was crazy relieving and that's when I really actually became a freelance photographer like I mean actually started that journey and that was 2015 so six years ago right yeah Yeah. it's like I think that's a medium long run of how that went (laughs) good no really really inspiring I think it's it's so nice to hear that you know you went for what you liked in the Mm -hmm. end were you scared like were you was it easy for you to Um, transition 
I remember that other people already realized and in, that in the first semester that I was studying something that I didn't want to study so much. And mm -hmm. some people said, why don't you try again and sign up or like try to get into the photography schools? And by then I had to, I got to know some people who did get into photography schools and quite a large percentage of these people lost their love for photography during the studies. Mm -hmm. And I was suddenly really scared that would happen to me too mm -hmm. if I would go to photography school. And also, I mean, the thing is for architecture, you definitely need your degree for photography, you don't. And in those like a few minutes per day that I had next to studying, I was still taking photos and I did already like upload my images regularly to Facebook and I was building a community and I already had my photos sometimes be requested for book covers or CD covers or like licensing stuff and already had some people who wanted to book me for a job and I just couldn't do that because I was absolutely too busy. So I think for me it was like slow signs that said I might be able to be a photographer without studying it but I will never be an architect without studying it and maybe it's a good idea to, to have some kind of degree and that's definitely security right if, maybe that's something we're all getting taught that we need to have that security layer but after those four years I mean there was a lot of doing something that you don't want to do and that gives you an almost explosive energy to say I'm going to burst if I'm not soon going to do something that I really want to do. And that was like, that was what happened that day. And of course, it's not the same as someone who does something for 10 years and then decides to suddenly do something else and immediately becomes a freelancer. I guess that's way harder. But of course, I already had those steps of building a community and knowing I would maybe have two clients in the first year or something like that. And that gives you an easier way in. So I think in a way it was, it was very lucky. And also, yeah, I think just having something, doing something that you don't want to do for such a long time just gives you an extra weird amount of energy that you otherwise wouldn't find. So it was, yeah. I had no, no room left for being scared. I was just too excited to make that step. That's awesome. It's also nice that you say it, it was like a relieving feeling. You felt mm -hmm. like just relieved. That's just the best sign ever, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so you work now as a freelance photographer. What does it include? So I think that's another funny thing, because actually, I was just recently thinking about that, that, of <laughs> course, when people ask me what my job is, then I say I'm a photographer. But <laughs> being a freelance photographer or being, I think, almost any kind of freelance creative job, or, or even maybe the un uncreative ones, you're just basically a whole office in one person because I'm absolutely I'm a photographer definitely but I'm also the conceptor I'm the editor I'm the director I'm very often for the portraits I'm also the model I'm doing all mm. the marketing I'm doing the copywriting I'm doing the social media so I just wow. recently really like looked at the list and was like okay <laughs> I mean that's maybe explaining why I'm overwhelmed a lot of times and that might also mm. explain why I'm pretty bad at some of those things because I mean how could I do eight jobs pretty good I mean I'm already happy if I manage to no I but I think like I totally agree because this is something which is quite it's fascinating but for example like Selena and I've also learning all these things now like we feel like really quick overwhelmed as well so we we kind of relate and we're just doing like a tiny job so I can't imagine you like handling all these like really big responsibilities <laughs> at the same time <laughs> doing everything by yourself no and I think Whoa. eventually I guess it's there's kind of a logical step to do that but I think 
it's just so hard to give give any of that away I think mm-hmm. most logic would be like giving editing maybe away sometimes but to me it's almost like for some images when it's just color correcting or something like that it would be fine for someone else to do that or some retouching but mm-hmm. very often it's like almost 50% of, of the image for me where I'm saying yeah. like it's sometimes that's where my creativity starts so how could I outsource that then I wouldn't even feel like it's my work anymore you need to find someone who really really understands you who's good at their job who is doing things in your best interest and I mean mm-hmm. it's just well the only person that really I know is doing things in my best interest is probably myself and mm-hmm. I know what I want and I think it's just so hard to to give something that's important to you out of your own hands and of course it's also a financial question my job is like the craziest roller coaster there's years where I'm thinking oh wow cool I can maybe slow down a bit and even chill sometimes and there's years where I'm thinking like I soon should get a second job because this is not working out and I guess you cannot just maybe you could do hire someone like only on project base but I don't even know I never really looked into it because I never felt like this is my baby I cannot give part of it away and I think that's not a clever way of looking at it but it just feels so personal so it's it's pretty hard to give it away understand though because you will need somebody of course you trust and uh, that's also already really hard like you can't you can't just give your baby to like a stranger yeah but it also shows how strong you are which is great so I mean that that shows like how you like how your work is and it also expresses you know like your images and your pictures and yeah everything so um, actually it's something to be really proud of yeah I never thought about it that way it's really nice actually I'm gonna take that with me from today and be like hey hmm, maybe it's not only bad and overwhelming maybe it's also a bit cool (laughs) I think it's yeah. pretty cool. I think it's really cool. Also, you say like you're not a good marketing like person, but like if you look at your following on Instagram and if you look at the brands with like you were working, I think it's pretty good. Like <laughs> you're doing pretty damn good. But I had one question. So because you're mainly doing portraits and like self-portraits, so why did you choose this? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like, or like at least from my perspective, I never really questioned it so much. I feel like it just happened naturally. I kind of was attracted to these genres and especially self-portrait happened because at the beginning that's just the easiest thing to or like technically not the easiest thing but like self-confidence wise definitely the easiest thing because as soon as you photograph someone else you have some pressure of producing something nice and well the thing is I give like talks that are like an hour long about why I'm so addicted to self-portraits and why I believe that everyone should take self-portraits and what's the massive difference between selfies and self-portraits like don't get me started because then I will never start talking anymore but yeah to me really it's like it has a really really big healing power to take self-portraits it's almost like meditative to spend that time with you to put that time in expressing your own stories feelings whatever's and like allow yourself to take that time on yourself that's also why like a selfie is something that's like a second it's not like you really thought about it for a long time it's not like your your like sweat and blood is in it and that's why it's so so different in the very short version (laughs) That's really uh, interesting. So you said healing power of self-portrait. Can you maybe explain a bit more about this? I think it's really, that's why I also compared a bit to the meditation because it is something where you really spend time with yourself with not too much of an additional motive of why you do it. And it's something where you visually and also like internally look at yourself like with a curious interest 
And because it gives you the space to really experiment without anyone ever seeing it, because you can take those photos, you can delete them and nobody will ever know. Mm. I mean, if they're stealing your SD card, they're a crazy recovery person, then maybe, but it's highly unlikely. So it gives you the room to really, yeah, experiment and be wild and like explore all your sides, not only in a physically visible way. And I think that's something that's so needed that we all probably, I'm kind of thinking almost all human beings probably need that more to be in peace with themselves and accepting themselves. And I had like years of suffering from depression and self-portraits were one of the main, main things that helped me in that time because I put so many of my emotions that I was not talking about with anyone into my images and a massive part about accepting myself visually, but also about who I am was a process that I did with my self-portraits and I it might not work for everyone but I think for quite a few people this would be a nice healing never 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 replacing therapy but a nice strategy for yeah getting into into the direction of being in peace with oneself and I think that's one of the most important things in life I mean imagine you're in peace with yourself I mean there's not so much that can happen to you and I think if you think of a world where people are in peace with themselves I don't even want to, it's paradise to me. Thank you for sharing that. That really, yeah, it just touched me. And I mean, I'm also motivated now for trying <laughs> that out. <laughs> because you're completely right. Like there's nothing nicer than to be in peace with yourself. Yeah. I think that's something like people are always aiming to to get or to work on. Yeah, really interesting approach of, of self-portraiture. So thanks yeah. for sharing that. Yeah, I think it's really inspiring. And I feel like in our world now, at least, art and creativity can just be sort of looked over sometimes everything is sort of like instant gratification lots of people like lose connection with themselves and that's also why we see like such a great like mental health crisis in this world so I think it's really inspiring that you're putting all your emotions like into your pictures and we can actually feel it yeah thank you (laughs) but I also want to say that I feel like I'm like I don't even know, 50% there in the journey because I'm also still struggling so often with things. And also in the images that I share, I'm still like so far away from what I would love to actually share. I mean, my role models are photographers who take self-portraits in a way where they're like so crazy honest. I'm like so far behind that. Like they're, they're able to share images of themselves that are so unflattering in the common sense of beauty idols and I, I totally envy and celebrate at the same time that they are so self-confident and comfortable with doing that that they manage to put that out into a world that definitely demands almost the opposite of that and where 95% of what we see is the opposite of that so I still have such a long way to go to reach that point where I dare to do that too. As in for mentors, I wouldn't even know if I'd wanted to be a male or a female and if photographer or not. So I think I'd have so many questions and then wondering if I followed the lead of a female photographer who maybe had to struggle through the same things I had to struggle through, but also is still looking at it from a female perspective, which is we're all trained by society to look at things in a certain way. Or if I would want to have a male photographer mentor and then just do everything exactly like him. With, and ignoring my gender and just being as bold and just standing up for myself as much as he would, that probably That's, would get me further, which is a bit sad. It's actually, it's such an important conversation. 
like because you mentioned like you had some struggle as a woman in photography so do you mind like sharing a little bit about this yeah yeah I think I have like at least three very distinct situations in my head all of them literally all of them if you break them down they're like I wasn't taking seriously people just like a few things that are more just happen so often that it's not like a personal thing is that I come to a set and people are still waiting for the photographer. They look at me and they think I'm like the whatever model assistant. I don't know what, but they definitely don't think I'm the hired person. Like, I mean, if they're not the person who booked me and looked at my photo, then they're definitely not thinking I'm the photographer. And I'm, I'm, I'm also not, but that's like, I'm already finding excuses. I'm also saying I'm not that tall, but yeah. You're taller than me. <laughs> we're, we're not the tallest, but I think that I, I don't really think that's so much of the problem. In a, in a world where it's like still more male dominated and where people still think it's a technical thing also and women don't understand technique, then they think I could be the photographer. I don't know their reasons. That's absolutely me wondering why they wouldn't assume I'm the photographer. So many occasions when they meet me, someone introduces me and says, this is Laura, she's a photographer. And a group of per- people having a conversation, I'm kind of like left out a bit. But then eventually they see my work and they're like, whoa, it's actually good. I'm so surprised. How is that possible? And I'm like, hey, I mean, I don't know what's it about how I look that you assume my work sucks, but I had that so many times and I was definitely dressed according to the event. I was not doing anything weird. I was just a normal person. It's so difficult to being hurt sometimes in all kinds of fields. So something we all struggle with. I mean, I personally have struggled with this in the past as well. I think it's just like a stereotype, right? It doesn't have anything to do with you. Like you are not the issue. Like the stereotype in your field is the issue. So people may expect like a specific type of woman or like more like a male like photographer, but actually you're a woman. And maybe, yeah, you're not the tallest or anything, but like, and so what? Your image doesn't define like your work. Yeah, but isn't it like, of course you're still wondering, is something wrong about me? Why do they not take me serious? Why are they so surprised that my work is actually good? Wouldn't you like just assume because I'm maybe at the same conference, I'm just as good as the others? Mm -hmm. Like, because it was always environments where it was like, we were all kind of on the same level who were standing in that conversation even if you don't know who the other person is, you know they were invited by the by the company to give a speaker or something like that. So you kind of have to at least assume they are just as interesting or on the same level as the other speakers. So why do you think I'm, I don't know, just a little fangirl standing on the side? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, I think it's, it's something we all have to work on to make our points being heard and to hope for a like, better change in the future. But yeah, thank you for sharing this. I mean, I, one other thing that I also like really, really noticed in the last few years was that I have incredible problems with standing up for myself if I notice that something's going wrong or I'm in a conversation or something especially if they're like life happening public and I get someone calls me girl or something like that while I'm over 30 I'm a woman you know what I mean something like that where you're just like it's not nobody's really saying something horrible to you but they the subcontext of the language they use is giving a wrong picture and I'm sitting there I'm noticing it but I I don't dare to speak up and say, wait, wait, wait a second. <laughs> awesome what you said. I'm a woman. I'm not a girl. Please take me serious. You also don't co- call the guy sitting next to you boy because he's not 12. People should respect how you feel and how you, you speak and they should be okay with people stepping up. Hopefully in the future, there will be some sort of change. Yeah. I also think it requires just really, really practicing it and in, in starting yeah. in little moments, mm-hmm. but it's not a life something maybe. But yeah. yeah, I'm also just 
so like at the beginning of this journey it's yes. okay like it's never too late to start as you said it's like step by step right I can definitely relate when you said they called you like a girl because I had the exact same thing said to me I was like speaking with two men and one of the men was actually the director of like the institute I was at so and the other guy was like oh we have a, a really nice woman with us today and the guy looked at me and he was like woman no no she's a girl wow I know and I was even on purpose (gasps) yeah I just didn't say anything I felt so so bad how old were you Selena oh that was like two years ago okay I think it's because you know I don't have big boobs I don't have a big butt so maybe I don't look like a woman (laughs) if that's what a a woman is supposed to be you know wow it's not only that we experienced a situation it's also that years after maybe we're still thinking about those moments and thinking I wish I would have the courage or self-confidence or society where I was allowed to step up for myself and say something and not be the nice polite woman girl whatever they want to see in me it was like double punishment upsetting I actually I actually have one more thing actually went about the like barriers or obstacles I experience because I'm a woman and that's really really like super focused on photography but I like often take photos that almost look like nudes in in nature I never almost never actually am nude because well that I guess the whole big struggle that I have women bodies and photos are seen in a more sexualized way and while I think sex is an amazing thing, my images are not about sex. So I try to not have that a topic of my images. They are about things that are way less loud because sex is a very, very loud statement in anything that we have. We use it for advertisement all the time because of that reason. And um, that's why I, for my images, in order to, for the, the people who see them to have the chance to also see, feel, hear the more silent emotions and statements, I try to have no sex in there at all. Like, it's it's not a topic. But that means the fact that we sexualize female bodies so much, it gives me s- such a narrow, narrow, like, version of poses that I can do in my imagery or in, in body parts that I can show. It's just like, and what makes me angriest about it is that so many of my male colleagues who are taking a similar like nude actually nude uh self-portraits in nature they have like almost all like the only thing is they try to nobody see their actual genitals that is basically it full-on butt shots any pose it could be like a super flowing pose inside a waterfall where any woman in the world would be sexualized and they can just do that and it doesn't look like a sexual uh, picture and they don't get any comment about anyone thinking it's a sexual picture and that's just so frustrating but I have to put so much effort into thinking is this going to be read as a sexual image because then people will not hear any of the actual message that I want to have in my image and the fact that I also always have to wear something compared to them also being comfortable standing around somewhere alone in nature and being naked so many layers and levels coming in and that is kind of photography related but I think on a like being sexualized all the time for your body is like I guess all female red people in the world have that problem and it's just oh gosh it's tiring and frustrating and just I can imagine 
yeah it's like a lot of thoughts would have to go into this and actually now that you mention it yes like yeah you have to like think so much before releasing a picture and i mean i can imagine that it's being tiring yeah you're so limited in all of your nude or like almost nude pictures like nothing to me appears as like sexual so Mm -hmm. i think you do it really well But yeah, it's interesting, like how you think about it, and, like the the actual work, yeah, the thinking that you have to put in, and how it restricts you in your art. I think that's yeah. But the thing is also, I didn't like. It's only been a little while since I kind of consciously realized that most of the time this was like a sun- subconscious. Just yeah. with every pose I made, I was like thinking, ah, nah, 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 nah. Oh God, you see some boob, and not even like about the nipple, but in, there's there's a breast. So this cannot be seen. This is going to be sexualized. I'm going to get a weird comment underneath that I don't want that it feels uncomfortable. And I just don't want people to sexualize me or my images. Ugh. Mm. And yeah, it's just so funny that half the population of the world doesn't really have to think about that. I wish like sometimes I would be the same, like just have, having to not think about every single step like we take and the effects on it. And in all kinds of society, women, they like, they th- I feel like they have to like overthink so many more things, maybe because they do from nature as well already, but also because, yes, we don't want to be like intimidated, but we don't want to be smaller. We don't want to be sexualized. So that's yeah. all really important yeah, factors. Yeah. yeah. It's like when you choose like what to wear, right? And it's exhausting because it's like a constant fight. It's every um, day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're really passionate about global issues just like also added like general topics so maybe you want to talk about this as well and what like what drives you and if you could give us some examples I feel like this is I'm struggling with that so much because I think normally people kind of decide for one area that they're really so passionate about and I'm like I'm like looking left and right I'm like wait I care so much about animal (laughs) equality like how do we not like try to make everyone understand that we need to change something about the way we can consume and use animals and maybe just completely stop doing that maybe and then i'm looking at sexism happening and being like can we just agree on having a gender spectrum wouldn't that be nice we would be so kind to everyone and people would be more free and more more in peace with themselves and oh gosh and then i'm looking at like climate change and i'm like we all need to do something And I think it was so important to just find that out and educate myself about it and do that as an ongoing journey and change these behaviors, maybe slowly, but steadily. And also talking about it, I guess, because I think that's another misconception that people think only when when you're perfect, you're allowed to talk about it. But I don't think so. I think we can all already talk about it when we started our journey and maybe share that journey with other people and say, I'm on, this is my opinion and I'm trying Mm -hmm. to get there. Because if we all only start talking about the things that are important to us and the things that need to change when once we're perfect, then yeah, are we ever going to start talking about it? Yeah, and the, th- the same goes for like anything that all my queer friends are like struggling with. It's like, and that's what I'm also thinking. There's like so many like groups of living beings basically on this planet who need to like have allies and... I don't even know how would how 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 do you decide for one side and on the other hand if you don't decide for one or two sides then how do you where do you find the time and energy to to like fight for it all I don't know I'm just still confused on that topic and I try myself to yeah do the least harm possible to mm-hmm. any living being basically I think that's like the mantra I have 
I think it's the right thing what you're doing. You're trying to raise awareness and share us about like your different projects because we had a discussion about this as well. Like for example, Beauty of Age, mm -hmm. um, which I think you did also in, in Biberach in, in Germany, right? Yeah, yeah. so in, in our hometown. Yeah, Beauty of Age was something that I did during one year. I had something like a scholarship from Adobe. It was like a residency for a year. And it's a project where I photographed and interviewed um, people between 80 and 100 years old. And it was absolutely magical. It was one of the best things I've ever, ever had a chance to do, which of course you cannot do that if you have no funding because you're basically spending a year on that and nobody pays you for that if you don't have a scholarship. And I mean, coming as a photographer, it's interestingly, like I normally like spend the day with these people and most of the hours we're listening and then like five minutes in the end, we're taking photos. So it wasn't really a photography project, but it was more like a listening project and it was so cool it was so so cool to hear people who are on this planet so much longer than i am to talk about life and the things they experienced the way they see the world now how relaxed so many of them are and how and how much in peace they are with themselves really gave me hope about age actually and also to seeing their beauty like visually i, I got so much appreciation for wrinkles and for <laughs> Skin being uneven or having different colors or more spots or something like that yeah it was really and also made like uh, two really good friends in these old people that I now haven't seen in forever of course um yeah and just learned so much about so 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 many different topics in this world it was oh it was so magical yeah you must have learned so much and the pictures are really beautiful like I will encourage anyone who's listening to this to go on Laura's website and look at like beauty of age and also I really like the 1001 strangers that one mm. was so beautiful as well you see like people from all over the world and it's so inspiring mm. so maybe Laura like what was maybe one thing that one of all the people tell you that really stuck with you there were two things one maybe I start with the sad one was that one of the elderly women said that the bad part about being old is not even that you're that you can't do so many things anymore mm -hmm. that you need help that you really have to like accept being yeah de like demanding to other people that's not the worst part she said the worst part is that you feel like you are not necessary anymore that you are yeah you almost more like a burden to the world and that just made me so sad mm -hmm. seeing a person that taught me so much in a few hours so much wisdom and life experience and yeah it broke my heart I was sitting there I was like ha having like tears running through my uh, over my face because I was like wow this is what we make old people believe their life is I mean probably not all of them oh yeah thinking you're useless but just because you're not making monetary value anymore that really like was And then let's say the positive thing was that one of the elderly, one other an elderly woman, um, she was almost blind, she, but losing her eyesight and was in that process. Mm -hmm. And I mean, especially with like being a photographer and having eye conditions myself, I was like, this is the worst destiny ever. How is she so happy? And she was like, the more I go blind, the more I look into the memories I have in my head and I'm just looking inside and sometimes I'm sitting somewhere and I'm walking through my memories and I'm so thankful for all the things I experienced so far. And she experienced a lot of horrible things, I can tell you. Like 
half of the things he told me it was horrible but she looks that way at her life and I was like I was like you're my new queen how awesome is that to look at something that everyone would say is horrible she's like this is like this has, has such a beautiful side to it and I was like yeah. awesome I don't think like this woman yeah. yeah it sounds very nice as well like walking through your memories and yeah, yeah I like that saying yeah they have so much wisdom as you said Laura like they're really able to sort of turn the negative things into really beautiful and like positive things and it's so yeah. sad to hear that you know the first lady was like oh I don't feel mm-hmm. necessary anymore because it's like mm-hmm. oh actually we need like older people in our lives like I value yeah. my grandfathers my grandmothers so so much Yeah, so like where um, has been your favorite place to shoot so far in Hawaii? I think one of the most beautiful places was Hawaii. The diversity of, lo- of landscape that really made it beautiful. But I also really like f- some of my absolutely favorite images are taken on playgrounds. I have like three of my top favorite images are taken on playgrounds anywhere in any city in the world. Just like random like kids climbing devices or in backyards where there's just a colorful wall and I really yeah I really want to emphasize that anything could be a really beautiful location I mean of course the all-around like besides of that one photograph that I'm taking the all-around experience is cooler if you're in like a paradise somewhere and not in a backyard or in a playground but if you really want to go somewhere for locations I think it's the best that you just look wherever you are and it's so much more satisfying and I think it's also a lot more to be proud of if you photograph something and it looks great in a backyard or in a playground than if you made a beautiful picture in a paradise landscape because that is not that hard so yeah I think I would rather want to say the playgrounds than than Hawaii but it was like such a beautiful place to be there and so for you know our future photographers listening to the podcast what would you say when you create one picture roughly do you have an estimate how much time goes into like creating one image you put up on your website for example like from the beginning to the end I think that's impossible because sometimes I just have an idea I do something very quickly take like seven photos in my living room and then it was like there's not much to edit and then it's like five minutes editing or like left by 10 with transferring it to the computer and then posting it. So that was maybe like in total, 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 everything was at an hour. And sometimes I plan for weeks. I search for a location forever. I need to go there twice because the light was, the light was not good the first time or I could like at the first time I just saw it and then it takes forever that I can go there the next time. And then I photograph there for hours and then I edit for hours and then it was like, definitely several days that it took so I think it's just it can be like it's such a big spectrum of like little 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 bit of time and sometimes long 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 time so interesting thank you should I go back to photography I mean I started like photographing a little bit when I was a kid so like during Mm -hmm. my secondary school I had like nice Sony camera Uh, but then like I don't know I just didn't have the time with my studies and everything so now it's just sitting in France like in my wardrobe <laughs> and I really should like just take ask my parents to give it to me back so I can start shooting again like in London because as you said I think it's a it's a really good like way of meditating and sort of diving yeah. into, your, into yourself so I'll take and that. London is an awesome city so there are like amazing yeah. places um, amazing to pictures where I can go. Mm. <laughs> 
Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this conversation with Laura as much as we did. If you are interested in reaching out, learning about photography or the power of self-healing with Laura, please check out the links in the show notes. There are some great resources listed there. And finally, we would really appreciate it if you could rate and subscribe to this podcast, as well as share it around you so that we can reach and empower more people to elevate their lives. Mm -hmm.